This episode is sponsored by Akir Markowitz, in memory of his father, Shmuel Zev ben Noyach Tzvi. You know, extremism, he didn't build a tunnel or anything. He just <laughs> pushed in a window. We have to focus on how good we are and how special we are and how great we are. They didn't just say Nasa Vinish, but willy-nilly. We prefer Jews who aren't Menasa Haryayin. Somebody's Michal Shabbos is, makes, makes my wine yayin esach. Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, another episode of Teres the Chat. This episode is sponsored by Akir Markowitz, in memory of his father Shmuel Zev ben Noyach Tzvi. Again? Yeah, sponsored again, and the Neshama should have an Aliyah. I want to throw in some dedications today, mm-hmm. not sponsorships. Um, this year is also dedicated to Ilanishmas. My grandfather and your grandfather, Sachan de Yurzat, Chaim Shmuel Maya Ben Yitzchak Penchis. Also, we have a, uh, I got a message from somebody. He said his daughter is sick in the hospital. She's getting treatments and she watches the Teresavik, the chat. Tell, she, she asked her father to send us a message that we're very funny. She enjoys watching it. So, um, so we're doing, we're going to dedicate this year as a schos for her, for Shalem, and Menucha Chaya Bazdalia Tova. And uh, that that does it for the sponsorships. Okay, are we ready for uh, the the big one? Yeah, Parshas Mishpatim. Here we come. I feel like when you say Parshas Mishpatim, it, it sounds very cool and calm and and just chill. It doesn't bring on the uh, brutality of the word Parshas Mishpatim. Yeah, Lipa has a song about that, right? Does he? Yeah. Yeah. So for the so, English listeners, it means that, what does it mean? Well, um, some of us are living with trauma, and, uh, you know, Pasha Zimshputum was a very tough Pasha. We all were expected to pass a lot of very difficult tests, and we had to know a lot of different things, which today, if you look at, it's funny because it's in Unity uh, uh if you're if you're with a daf, um, but today any every single um, little word from Pashnas and Shputim is is a is a is a whole sigi. If you're learning, it's a whole sigi of Gemara. It's it's, which is why the rabbis were so excited about it. Okay, <laughs> right? I guess right. And you know, as an eight-year-old, you know. These were these these were kind of hard hard to grasp concepts maybe, so uh, forgive uh, forgive us for living with some trauma. For those of you that had good childhoods. Okay, so what's it about? Passage bottom five seven eight zero. So Ravigdor, um, we titled this "Money and Piety," and Ravigdor always has the story of the the bacher that broke into the shul and stole the gemara, something like that. He stole, and it's two. You're, you're mixing together two, two stories. stories. One story. Yeah, two stories. There's one story about a bach. Probably the shul. same guy. Probably the same guy. <laughs> Who knows? So there's one story about that the shul was closed, uh, and this uh, bach wanted to get in to learn. So he he pushed the window, and he ended up breaking the window. In, just just to process. frame this in terms of uh, extre- you know extremism, he didn't build a tunnel or anything. He just <laughs> pushed in a window. <laughs> Right, so th- so this this when you, when you listen to the Torah, the chat, you get everything. You get current events. You get everything. So 
so basically, so this 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 kid broke open the window, and Remilla says, "Really, he has to pay. He's a mazik. He has to pay." But he was a bacher, poor bacher. I didn't wanna. I didn't say anything. And then he has a different story about uh, that he passed by two bacher, not in his shul, who were learning the the Gemara about the dinam of Gizela about stealing, and they were using a Gemara Bavakama that they stole from my shul. So that was the classic story that he would yeah, tell. His shul was right down the block from Mir Yeshiva. Um, and I think there was a dorm maybe even on the corner. Uh, I, when I learned there, we would go in there plenty of times for Mincha or, or for other reasons, which I can't recall. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this, that's the topic. The topic is that he starts like this. He says, imagine about Shuva comes in or somebody wants to become a Balshuva, comes in to learn in yeshiva for the first time. And he's hoping to learn, you know, all kinds of interesting uh, philosophies and, and interesting deep concepts about God and the world. And instead, take out a Bubba Mitzia, start learning Kimura with him about Nazikin, and he, do, he doesn't get the connection. I'm trying to learn about Judaism, trying to get closer to God. What are we talking about? About property damages here and and he and he's looking for Hashem and instead he finds he says he finds laws about what happens if his animal trespasses into his uh, fellow man's field and eats some of the grain um, it seems unnecessary and it's funny that a lot of people even even uh, you know, uneducated people who unfortunately didn't succeed in the Shiva system will say the same thing uh, you know what's what's it got to do with me one bull two bulls a cow he kicked he People are, are disconnected sometimes from this um, concept here. And Rabbi Victor says that Am Yisrael too, when they stood in front of Hasinai, and they're expecting to uh, receive a Torah that's you know, full of light and full of guidance of uh, serving Hashem. And instead, we get Pashas Mishputim. We get the laws. Ayla Mishputim. So it's a big question. You know, why is this the number one topic? When it comes to Judaism, so what's the answer? What does he explain? Well, the answer is very simple. Uh, the answer, my friends, is Rabbi Victor says that the main message of uh, uh, and the main preface of living a life with Hashem is to learn that the world is not Hefka, that Hashem built the world, that there's ownership, both, I guess, on uh, uh, between God and God and us, Hashem and us, and of course between us and our, our friends, someone if if you're not careful and you cause damage to someone else's property, you're you're sinning against the property of Hashem. It's Hashem's property, so we have to be aware of how we treat other people, and that is how you become closer to Hashem, and that is how what the connection is because it's all Hashem's. So you're 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 treating your neighbor's property or your neighbor neighbor's stuff um, not the right way, you should know that you're harming Hashem. That's the message here, and that's why. That was the first thing that uh, we were taught, and uh, it's, it's a very critical, critical, critical lesson of, of where Banudam Lechavayda comes into play in our, our personal uh, journey to Hashem. I think a good way to explain this to to um, 
uh, a, a mahalach that really clarifies this is uh, what the Chazanish writes in his Sefer Muna B'Tochen. Chazanish writes that the only that all the, the there's only one mitzvah saseh, one mitzvah loy The whole Torah is basically Anoichi Hashem Alekecha and Lo Yielacha. You shouldn't worship idols. So he says, what, what does worshiping idols mean? Worshiping idols is basically that you, you're trying to get things for yourself, selfishness. You come to the idol and you beseech the idol. This one is in charge of the weather. That one's in charge of fire. That one's in charge of grain. And you're asking the idols for, for selfishness. And then Anoich Hashem Alekecha is, it's about serving Hashem. It's not about, it's not about serving myself, it's about serving Hashem. So he says, that's really what the whole Torah is about. The whole Torah is about coming out of myself. And, and, and this is what Pash Mishpatim teaches us about thinking about others. That's what the, the Gemara says, that the whole Torah is, Madalach Sani, what you don't like, don't do to others. Because that's really all, the whole Torah is just to take, take ourselves out of ourselves. To, to get rid of selfishness and to learn to, to appreciate others. And if you can appreciate others, then you can start appreciating Hashem and, and coming to serve Him in the right way. Beautiful. But, but there is, there is we, we do need more awareness in Chosha Mishpat, in, in the Mishpatim. I was sitting yesterday with a, I, I, I have a, um, a Chavrisa, who's a Dain. And somebody, so he takes calls, you know, he answers Shilas the whole time. So yesterday he took a call in the middle. Somebody said, I want to ask a Shilas, it's not Allah Shilas, it's Arabish Shilas. It's more, he wants to be the Fnimish then. He wants to ask a, so he asked the Shilas, it was actually, it was a Chesh Mishpat Shilas, straight up. It was Allah, it was about stealing from somebody else. He thought he's just being nice and offering to be the nice guy and, no, it's actually Allah that's, that's, that's in Shulchan Aruch. So we have to be more aware of these things. That's what, that's really what Rabbi Miller has a whole discussion here in this booklet about how if you, if you never study it, you, you'll never appreciate the idea that something's not yours. He had that story with the taxi driver. Um, he said that he, he, he went with this secular taxi driver. And the driver, of course, was busy bashing the from Jews from a- and how, how, how much better he is than them. And he says, as soon as we got over the bridge, he turned off his meter. He said, okay, my boss made enough money for the day. Now the rest, I'm going to charge you. He says, what do you mean? You're stealing. But the from Jews who, who know Chesh Mishpah, they're the ones who are bad. He says, you never learned. You don't, you don't appreciate that you're stealing. And of course, the extent to stealing time and stealing, you know, in other ways, there's, there's so many things that we have to be careful of, uh, which brings us to 5781, uh, titled Badges of Honor. And Victor says that the greatness of Am Yisrael is the fact that we have 613 mitzvahs. And you might think that 612 is enough. 613. Is Let me just give you the background on that. Yeah. It's not in the snippets, it's in the booklet. The background on that is that in Evid Ivri is called a Hebrew. Right? Ivri is a Hebrew. Ivrit is Hebrew. Um see he, he says he's not a he should he should have been called an Evid Israeli. A, a, a Jewish. We, we we don't find anywhere in the Torah that an Ivri is a Ivri. 
um, except for that song, Ivri Anoichi. And also over there, Yoin Hanavi was saying Ivri Anoichi because he was speaking to Goyim. When you speak to Goyim, you're an Ivri and he's a Kanani, right? Or a Mitzri. But in also, terms of what... Ravilla wouldn't approve of the dancing and that type of music. For Ivri Anoichi, uh, yeah. But but the point is that the word Ivri, a Hebrew, is not a is not a Jew. An Israelite is a step further. It's not just uh, that we came Aver Anar, you know, before Avram Avinu. Once we had Yaakov Avinu became Yisrael, we're Yisraelim. We're not we're not Ivrim anymore. So why is the Eved Ivri called the Eved Ivri? So he explains because an Eved Ivri loses one mitzvah, and that mitzvah is that you're not allowed to marry a Shifcha. But Eved Ivri is allowed to marry a Shifcha. So instead of having 613 mitzvahs, he's downgraded. He only has 612. He's demoted. Yeah, demoted. So you're not a Yisrael anymore. Now you're an Ivri. It's, you're a Hebrew. You're not, a, you're not an Israelite anymore. So that, that, that's what he talks about. He talks about how even one mitzvah makes all the difference in, in our greatness. And he gets to that. And it, it's, it's covered... In the in the bulletins, I mean, in mm-hmm. short, but that background is very helpful because um, there's the answer but not the question. What why he's called Eved Ivri, and it's funny. I, I I was just listening to a podcast. I was very intrigued. I don't I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I I heard a couple minutes of it, and it was a guy. It seems like the guy is OTD. Um, definitely looks like he is um, openly. So. Oh, he used to be full, fully from, at least openly, and on the outside. And it's interesting how every time you hear someone speaking about the fact that he's less from, he'll he'll, he'll give you you know long speeches about how what he's doing it's the mission in his life, and he's really he has a shlichus, <laughs> and you know this not every mitzvah is important. Like it's not you know. You have to do what you what you can do, what you're capable of. Everyone's got to find a way, and and you can be very nice about it. But the fact is that we have 613 mitzvahs, and we have to acknowledge that if we're missing one, we're missing it. Actually, someone told me last week about by one of my posts, and he said, "You're such a tzaddik." So I said, "That's nice, but." I'm weak in, in this area and, and in other areas. He says, yeah, but it, but look, what's better? So I said, it's a misconception that we have. It's not what's better. There are 630 mitzvahs that we have to do. Okay? That's that's setting the table. You, you have to set the table. On top of that, if you want to be a tzaddik, okay, now you're a tzaddik. But first you have to have that that set table. And the 630 mitzvahs, we have to do every single one of them as much as, as we possibly can. Um, so it's in a very, very important point. We try to pater certain things. Ah, you know, I'm not, the, not so good at learning. I'm not so good at this. Um, you know, this is hard for me. That's challenging for me. And uh, the truth is that, that so he compares, um, he compares someone who's got a, a soldier who's got decorated with medals, 600. And 13 medals. So, I mean, 612 medals is, is, is a lot. 20 medals is a lot on a uniform. But there's a major, major difference between 612 and 613. Hashem removes a medal because you're not enough of a Jew 
I it's remember someone... that, that imagery that he provides over there with the 613 medals. Yeah. It's it, you think about it, it's, it's impossible to wear so many medals. Then I remember there's a this guy who's in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most active credit cards. He has I think 15 1596 credit cards active. So they wrote up articles about him. So he, he had a custom suit designed with, with he, he's holding it open. You see all his credit cards. So that's like, if you want an image of 613 medals on a, on a suit, that's your, no, but the, the takeaway here, the takeaway here, I think should be that when, when, when I put on Tefillin, that's one of my medals. That's one of the big medals. It's a ice. It's called a ice. So if, if I think for every day while I'm wearing Tefillin for five seconds, Right now, this is a medal that Hashem is giving. I'm special now because I'm because I'm wearing because I'm wearing tefillin. It's a every single mitzvah that we do is a separate and distinct honor that Hashem um, awarded us with, commanded us, but it's also an award. Right. This is this is something that in in five seven eight three. What's the title for five seven eight three? Um, doing and listening right right so over there he talks about saying nasa before nishma right how, how can you do nasa before nishma but he says besides so the way you do nasa before nishma is by saying whatever it is that he's going to tell me i'm ready to accept it i'm ready to do it so he talks about how beautiful that is um, of saying i'm willing to accept whatever hashem commands but he says besides for that you also have to do you have to actually do what Hashem commands, and that that changes you, and that makes you, and that makes you special. So when you're putting on tefillin, you're actually becoming changed. You're, you, of course, there's a chishev lasas mitzvah. If you want to do a mitzvah, it's considered as if you did a mitzvah. But then there's the doing the mitzvah itself that actually makes you holy. And I wanted to go off on a little tangent on that, but I'll save that for five seven eight three. So let's go back. Five seven eight two. Let's go to 572 first about doctors and healing. And Rabbi Victor says that the entire parsha is filled with the dinam of hurting someone else's property and um, the person's responsibility in this, in this regard. Um, so Rabbi Victor says, now suppose the person happens to be you, yourself, and you're harming yourself. And this is actually the Indian, the unity now with Dafyami. If, if you're allowed to harm yourself um, in, in different in different ways, so and he says when when a man harms his brother, he's more guilty than harming a stranger, right? Because he's he's closer to you, you should be more careful. But if you harm yourself, it's even worse. So what's what what are we talking about here? So Bavigdor has a very very big um, um, it's it's one of Bavigdor's big principles about staying healthy. I think we can. I think uh, maybe Rav Penchus can go on about about some of the main RAM principles about physical health. Um, but the the point discussed in the bulletin and discussed at further length in the book is that we don't really own ourselves. You know that's why to Jews when we see people doing like all kinds of weird piercings and tattoos, it it disgusts us a little bit because really it, it comes down to. This is not our body for us to be able to, you know, mutilate and harm. 
And actually, furthermore, before, before the, the this snippet in the bulletin was taken from part two, part one of the booklet starts off with the mitzvah virapa yirape that mikan shenitn shus l'roifa. From here, the doctor has permission. So Rabbi Miller had the classic marshal that he gave over here to explain this. What, what do you mean, giving a doctor permission to heal? Why is Hashem giving a doctor permission to heal? He says that you only have this kasha if you don't appreciate what the human body is. Um, imagine somebody, the, the, the marshal that I give when I, when I teach this is that you're out there in the country somewhere on a grassy hill and all of a sudden you see this object is approaching and as it comes closer, you see uh, Steve Jobs. He's floating on this metal disc and you say, Steve, didn't you die? He says, yeah, well, actually this is from the past. I, I'm visiting the future. This is, a, this is a time machine that I invented. I didn't have the opportunity to tell anybody about it, but I'm coming in now from the past. So you say, oh, and he lands near you and you start schmoozing with him. Then he gets back on the machine and all of a sudden, he can't, he can't get back into the past. Something went wrong there. So uh, it's a problem with the machine. You, you have to fix it somehow. So will, will you take his machine to the, to the iPhone repair shop down the block and ask him to, to, to start touching it with his tools? The guy doesn't know this is, this is more advanced machinery than, you, than, you, than you're experienced with. You, you can't start tinkering with stuff in there. So the human body, ask any doctor out there, they keep learning more and more. The more you learn about the human body, the more we're learning that we don't know. There's so many things that we don't know. There are medicines that they, that they work at the pharmaceutical companies tell you, we don't know how this works. We just know we did a clinical trial and it, and it, and it has a certain effect. And we see that it, and that's why sometimes they'll take drugs that they have and try it for other illnesses because they have no idea how it works. They just, it works for this. It might work for that. And sometimes they get lucky and it, and it does work. So they have no idea what's how it works. So you need a hushos for that. You can't start tinkering with the, with advanced machinery just because you have a screwdriver. You're going to start tinkering with advanced machinery. So it's it's something to appreciate. Yeah, we, we do need permission to go to a doctor and heal. And that's why there's a vart that uh, they say, I think Dr. Adler says this, that just going to the doctor brings a refuel. Why? Because the malchafal is there. How does that work? It works because there's no, there's no reason that the doctor should heal. It's just going to the doctor. It's in the toilet that a doctor heals. That's, that's what it is. You're, you're magi- so far on this show, you've done magic. You've done singing, storytelling. Uh, I, I've known you for a number of years. Uh, very impressed. <laughs> so Victor's health principles, I'd like to hear some of that. But um, first, we, we, he, he discusses... Um, keeping clean personal hygiene so when you come in from the street you're in the subway or on the trolley or bus you're holding on to the strap it's common sense you don't have to be a big scientist to know that you have to wash your hands with soap and water and he goes on to say that this way he brings always brings in a science scientific information it's true that your skin is hot at work destroying the microorganisms but the ones that are lighted on your hand in the last 10 minutes don't have a chance to be destroyed yet so don't rely on that i mean I don't. I've never known that. Not, most people who are listening probably have never known that. That is microorganisms that are cleaning your hand. So, if you're relying on that, you're a sinner. And if something happens, it's a punishment for your sin, which Victor talks about a lot as well. Personal responsibility. You're letting something happen to you. 
um, if he gets sick or whatever. So um, he was very concerned with that. He was very concerned with getting sick because he had his shiurim and he had his his tefillah He says well, if somebody's sick, get if somebody wasn't careful enough with germs and he got sick and he missed kaddish because he was sick because he stayed home, it's his fault. Why, why were you more careful with germs? Now I'm not there. And I don't think, I think a lot of people aren't there yet, but that's what, that's where Rabbi Miller was. And that's what he's, he's talking about here. The deep responsibility we have for our health. He, he, he says also, he says, if you don't, in the booklet, he's, he talks about how if you don't, if you, if you don't sleep well at night and you don't eat healthy and then things happen, uh, you have Sean bias issue. You say, listen, Hashem gave me a, a difficult wife. Hashem didn't give you a difficult wife. You, you're not sleeping. You're not eating. You're busy snapping at each other. If you'd be healthy, you'd be happy. So that's, that's just a good, uh, good reason for us, good incentive for us to be healthier. So before the CDC, Rav Miller was urging us and encouraging us to wash thoroughly with uh, soap and water. My wife yep. is very much on this. As soon as the kid comes home, wash your hands, soap. Any, you're outside, you're touching things, and that's really how we get sick all the time. So, excellent advice, people. Wash those hands. It's, Five, it's seven, eight, three, now seven, Ishma, right? No, I just want to say we're laughing at it, but what you said is true. I mean, there's a personal responsibility. And if you get sick, and if you miss this, or you miss that, or you're, yeah, yeah. It sounds funny, but it's true. Are we moving on to 5783? We certainly are. Doing and listening. So we know that this is another one of those images that are in our heads from when we were kids, the Nasib and Ishma uh, flags or whatever that we, we, we learned, this Sedra, that, that the Eden just, just uh, Hashem came. Sure, we'll take it. And Ravikta says that they were not, they didn't just say Nasib and Ishma willy-nilly. They were told they're they're about to receive the Torah, and they had three days to prepare, and they prepared. Be prepared. So, and he says it doesn't mean they, they, they shopped for cheesecakes for three days like we do today. They prepared themselves, and it, it was a preparation for, for, for being ready um, for the function of Kabul Satayda. And they had, they had, they had a tremendous uh, preparation of, of Getting ready for those big demands that Hashem was gonna was gonna uh, give them, and it takes a lot of work. Rabbi Victor says to have that frame of mind to be able to to do that. Yeah, so he, so he says that because they put in all that work and they were really ready to do everything. So the focus of that booklet is basically that if you put yourself in a frame of mind where you're really ready to to do whatever will be demanded of you, then Hashem considers it as if, as if you fulfilled everything. So somebody, there's certain mitzvahs that you can't do today, there's certain mitzvahs you can only do if you're a koyin. There's, right, there's very few mitzvahs, the Chofetz Chaim has a, a sefer called Sefer Mitzvahs Katen, or Sefer Mitzvahs HaKatzer, from the Chofetz Chaim, uh, the mitzvahs that we can do nowadays. And it's a very small safe. I think only 78 mitzvahs. Uh, somebody's going to check it up afterwards. But very, very few mitzvahs out of the 613 mitzvahs that we could actually fulfill. And uh, what's shot? How could it be? So, so what do we do? How, how are we making the mitzvahs? 
So Ramila says over here, by thinking that you want to do the mitzvahs and by really putting yourself in that frame of mind, it's not, okay, ke'ilu, as if you, no, it's mamish, as if you did all the mitzvahs. It's it's of Anishma gives you that, as if you actually went ahead and did it, provided that you did everything you're able to. But if you put yourself in that frame of mind and you're ready to accept whatever Hashem says, you get schar as if you did all the mitzvahs. And Ramila says that you, you, you think it's a bargain, meaning you, you wanted to, he continues, you wanted to do a mitzvah and you get the credit. Wow, it's amazing. But he says it's not such a bargain because the fire that you have to create to, to, to really, really, really feel like it. We hear, we hear stories about, about big people that, that literally will start crying when they hear about a tragedy, when, when someone comes to them for, 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 for Tehillim, for Brucha, for something. Um, that they uh, they're going they're they're going through some kind of tragedy and 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 that's where you see people that, that actually feel fully for something and and that's kind of how the build up needs to be when you want to do a mitzvah. Um, I think Rabbi Rabbi uh, Reisman. Before we go there, but the, but what we're doing here is the build up to the build up. At least that, right? At least to desire to, to desire, wanting right? to want. Yes. Right. But it's also a cop out. A lot of people say, "We, you know, I'd like to, I, re, I want to, want to." But you can only say that for for a certain amount of time. At some point, you have to <laughs> right. actually start right. wanting. It wasn't Rabbi Eisman. It was uh, Rabbi Sacha Friend once said that, and it's a great line. He says that by by ever noticed that by Tachnan, if if there's a kaddish shed because of whatever, right? I'm sure in his circles it's literally a bris, like uh, like right there in that minion, or 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 Husin or whatever. Um, uh, you, you see people <laughs> people will give like a little bit of a look like oh like i really wanted to say tach and you'll be like oh oh, oh okay okay Kaddish. so uh, so he says it's like it's it, it, he says so he says mitzv- um mitzv- he says it's it's mitzv- if it's a real machshav he says imagine your wife asks you for a new kitchen she's asking you for years for and you and and you, and, and you tell her you know, I gave it to you. And she says, what do you mean you gave it to me? Says, well, I want to give you a kitchen, so so I gave you a kitchen. She'll throw you out of the kitchen. <laughs> give her a kitchen. You have to really, 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 really want it. And that's 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 what we're that's what we're talking about. That you get you get the schar of Nasa and Ishma because you actually actually want it. Right. And I, this you is what I, this is what I this is the tangent I wanted to go off on before because there was the there was a certain rabbi who spoke by a shir, and he spoke about um, how great a certain Mechal Shabbos was because he was singing the Kai Neshomosh Nesatu Torahi as he was driving to the festival to be massacred. So I, I had two two problems with that. My first problem. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Are you absolutely sure you want to go there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely sure, absolutely sure. So I had two problems with that. Problem one was that Lamaisa, uh, it could be it's beautiful and fluffy and emotional. But when we're talking about wanting, when you have somebody who, who has the opportunity to just stop the car and get out and not be Michal Shabbos, you could talk about spirituality and wanting to be close, but why, why don't you do it? Why don't you start doing it? That's, that's not even, that, that wasn't even point one. Point one was that we prefer Jews who aren't Menasech Somebody's Mechal Shabbos makes, makes my wine Ya'in Esech. 
So whether he's holy in a certain Kabbalistic sense, it could be that his neshama is still connected. It could be, but for me, in this world, in the world of halacha, that was the first piece that we started with, with all the details of halacha, that's what we got at Har Sinai. And all the details of halacha, he's a guy. So, so, so why are you telling me about his holiness? That's point one. Point B is... Well, well he's not a Manasseh Yayan. Sure he is. Nifter. What? He's Nifter. He was Nifter. So then, it's, then he's Matama. There's a different story. <laughs> no, but then, then the second point is, the second point is that if you would give a shear about how beautiful it is when a chassidish gets up at five in the morning and he goes to the mikveh and he says, and you talk about how holy this Jew is who davens three times a day with Minyan and he learns Torah and how beautiful it is when he talks about his pure neshama. So you want to tell me afterwards that it's also nice when you see even a Yid who has no connection, but at least something he has, something. So, okay, fine, it's also nice. But when you don't talk about building up, Musha, that rabbi who, who gave that clip, I could talk to you about what a beautiful Jew he is, what a holy Yid he is, how many people he inspires. And, and, and really, his Torah is incredible, and he has a brilliant mind, and, and I could praise him very much. So if I'm praising him, and then also I could praise other Jews also, that I hear, but just to praise the low ones, so the Gemara says, what are you leaving over for people who are kosher? If you're going to praise everybody, so somebody who, who, we're not even talking about somebody who's special, somebody who just borderline keeps Shabbos. If, if that Jew who doesn't keep anything is so holy and so holy, what about a Jew who keeps Shabbos? What's he? I think it's Where? very simple. So he's trying to point out a very simple Kalvachayim here. He's just speaking in code. He's it's, a, it's, a very, it's, very, it's a very big code. Uh, he's telling all the Friya. Most people don't see it. I feel very strongly about this because I feel, like, Wait. I feel Wait. like people don't talk enough about how holy we are. You keep 630 medals. That was the discussion before. You I... have 630 medals. You are very, very special. If you're going to talk about how special that secular Jew is because once in his life he put on tefillin, it could be at a, that at a certain level it's true. But we have to remember what you mentioned a different week about the two thermometers, that there's a 49 levels for the Metzirim. But that, for the, for the from Jews, we're not even, we're, we're so way above that, it doesn't even register on our thermometer. So, so somebody who puts on tefillin once in his lifetime, can you imagine the holiness of somebody who puts on tefillin? A thousand times. So, so the answer is that that exactly that the two thermometers that he his videos. There's also two videos. There are videos for non-religious people who get inspired, or people that are on the verge of not being religious, or people that used to be religious, and they get so inspired that someone that was never uh, killed and was driving on Shabbos is singing the song, um, and then. But those videos aren't for us. We have to watch different videos. There you go. That's that's all I want to. That's all I want to express. <laughs> the other thing is yesterday, the Haimisha from Tzibur to understand that there's different there's different audiences. There's different audiences, and there's a way to speak in one way. And there's a way to speak in another way. Look, we have to know. It has to be clear in our minds that if somebody is 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 engaging in an impeachable offense, this is an offense that Yechayev Misa on. Allah Yechayev Misa. There's nothing worse. Than driving on Shabbos, 
it, it, so this is something that we praise. We can't praise that. We can't praise that. We, we have, with, with, we have to get really praising ourselves before we could praise these guys. That's all I want to. That's all I want to say. It's very, very important that we we lose focus of who we are and and how special we are. And I don't say we, um, all of us. I mean, we all are in, in uh, different stages of development. But of course, like Ramilla says, the people of Williamsburg, the people of Lakewood. Um, yesterday, I saw a video of a of a one of the tours organized by this Tadik Shai, who a lot of people have questions on him also, right? And he's right. He's, he's, right. he's doing more to bring Ahtas to Klai Yisrael than, than probably anyone in the last hundred years. It's unbelievable. Um, that we can see. Don't get me started that, that, that this Tadik sitting in the corner. I, th this I can see. I don't know about it, the other stuff. He's doing tremendous work. But some people might say, um, you know, he's, he's buying people iPads and he's doing... You know, he's buying, uh, I saw boxes of, of Gucci gifts, right? And and while he was giving this out, someone actually asked him on video today, um, what's your matara? What is your objective? And he says, because you, you have all these gifts you, and, and it just looks like it's just like a big party. And he answers, my objective is to bring Akhtas to Klaus. So sometimes that's what you need. You know, you need to do this. You need to come out with things that to us is very basic, very simple. So the videos are not necessarily for all of us. I did see a guy that bothered me a little bit. A guy was standing, um, a guy that was on his tour, uh, I guess a, a gavir of some sort, um, was standing in, in one, of the, one of the massacre sites over there and crying that they died for us and it's a kapara for us. And I'm like, no comment. <laughs> like, <laughs> no comment. But... But that's the topic. I mean, but but we do have to acknowledge that that what 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 there's 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 different different pathways. Yeah, my mother was was the greatest in this in this aspect of pointing out to from Jews how good we are, and um, and because I I haven't met anybody else who speaks this way, I'm very passionate about it, and it's it's um, it's very important to me to get this message out there to people. That the, the, these are the most beautiful communities that there are in in the world. If you if you go out in New York, if you go in this borough and that borough, the, the different neighborhoods, this is the most. It's the most beautiful place. Now, of course, since we live uh, among them, we're influenced, and uh, as the years go by, the crazy stories that happen by them every day start start to. Uh, they start uh, sneaking in by us also, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that it's the most, it's the most beautiful. I had this conversation with somebody and somebody was like, what about the molestation, the, the rabbi who molests the boys? I said, you know, you know what the New York statistics are? You know, if you go out in the, in the, in the world, one in five children has been sexually abused in, in, in New York. Can you go into the from street and say that one in five children is sexually abused? You can't. How am I going to say that it never happened? We're not going to bury our head in the sand. We know what's going on. We're working on it. Everybody as a community, we're trying to improve. But to, we, we need to take the time to recognize that we have a Torah, we have a mitzvah. And like we started, the, the money and piety, that's what, that's what makes us pious. Having all these rules and regulations, Hashem foresaw it, and he, it, turns it, it, it turned us into the best people, the best people in the world. Amen to that. But I think the the big message is Kalvachaima. 
Look at them. They get so much credit for doing this or that. We get way more credit. Those of us that are uh, not not that much on the spectrum like me, but actually really crushing it. I'm on the spectrum. But you see, if you would if you would watch a video once a week saying about how special it is for Drew to keep Shabbos, you wouldn't you wouldn't be putting yourself down like that. You would say, "Look, I keep Shabbos every week. I'm a great man. I'm a holy." I always man. say that. I, I I try to keep Rabbi Victor's lessons with us. I think every little thing that we do is is incredibly special. Incredibly special. And if you 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 Sadu, you know what it says in the Masilsi Sharm as a sefer called Derech Chaim. He says that the words of Tanakh. Every word of Tanakh that you say, it 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 adds into your neshama. It's like another diamond in your neshama. Your neshama gets bigger. It gets fuller. It, so somebody's Mavisadra every week, he says the words of the Torah. It, it his neshama is like bursting out of his body. He's so he's so holy. He's so pure. So a special it, shout out, special shout out to my sponsor of my Shnai Mikra, my beautiful leather bound Shnai Mikra that we have over here. <laughs> So no, so it's it's something that we have to know. Somebody who learns the Fiyomi, there's the famous Chofetz Chaim who says every every word of Torah, every letter of Torah is another mitzvah, hundreds, thousands, millions of mitzvahs, and it's we we just don't think about it enough. We don't focus on it enough. So we went over yeah, we don't... this week because we want to talk about this. We have to focus on how good we are and how special we are and how great we are. And we have to pass that on to our kids. And and when we don't focus enough on uh, 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 on that uh, aspect, it it takes away a little bit of you know Mrs. Anushim and the Muda. It's it becomes okay. We go to shul because we go to shul. No, you go to shul because you make an active decision every morning not to go to the gym. I was just in Florida and I went down. I was uh, we had a conference on uh, this week. I don't know last week if you're if you're listening now. Um, and so I'm waiting for for a car in the morning, uh, seven o'clock in the morning. And I see these people arriving, 7 a.m., the big cigar, and walking to the golf course at 7 a.m. <laughs> that could be he was up since 3 in the morning, he's an older guy, but how different is our lifestyle and how, how we have to appreciate that? Um, it's, it's, really on, it's really remarkable. But we have, to, we have to make an active decision. I'm going to Mincha Marv today, not because it's part of my schedule. Because I'm making an active decision to do that, to appreciate that, to think about right. it. Right. And that's what Ram culture gives us. So thank you, Hashem, for giving us Rabbi Vigna Miller, for teaching us uh, all this. And uh, thank you, everybody who's listening on whatever podcast platform you're listening, or if you're watching on Torah anytime. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Thank you very much.